Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Virtual Reality Church. Welcome to our virtual church. Is there some type of way for a virtual congregation? You're not a congregation if you don't congregate. When you combine this access with the loss of the local, I become my own confession and I go around the World Wide Web listening for echoes that say back to me what I've already decided to believe. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Phew. Back to normal. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, no panicking from anybody. Today's the day we dip into the mailbag to check out questions, comments, conundrums, or snarks sent to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, I'm having deja vu all over again one more time. Why is that? Well, the whole week has been mailbag. Uh, yeah. But today's the day we officially do mailbag. That's right. You know what we should have done? What? Uh, w- witnessing. <laughs> Today, just to... Just to throw off everybody's <laughs> equilibrium. That's Idea right. at wretched.org. All right. So we have a lot of questions today about marriage and divorce. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. Hold okay. it. Okay. Just up front. All right. This is this is about the diciest territory mm-hmm. any fool dares to wander into because it's filled with landmines because of the particulars of the situation. So just know up front. I'll talk in generalities, but please note, I am not thinking about your particular situation. This is not addressed directly at you. So please, please, for safety's sake, just hear this as hopefully general principles to whatever is is coming our way here so that you don't misapply it. If you are dealing with this situation, it is imperative that you are working with your elders. This is a tricky, complicated situation. It is it, it has so many complexities to it that if, if you don't deal with somebody who can dive in and ask a lot of questions, oh, you're probably not going to make a wise decision and you could spend years regretting what you chose to do. All righty, Jimmy. All right. Let's have it. Okay. Well, the first one comes from Anonymous. Todd, what are your thoughts on pornography being a biblical grounds for divorce? First, yeah. Yeah. Here's the deal. This is, again, I'm going to aim you at your elders, but there's a bit of a division, I would say. I don't know how lopsided it is, but there's a bit of a division on the subject of porn qualifying for pornaya. Historically, it has been understood as a physical sexual affair outside of the marriage covenant. What do we do with pornography? There are some who would say it just doesn't qualify. Now, they would then hopefully add that doesn't mean that you need to continue to expose yourself to this situation. To separate yourself from somebody who refuses to address the issue and battle this sin, be accountable, it could definitely warrant you got to get out of there. You have to withhold the pleasures of the marriage bed until he demonstrates that he completely has himself under control. There's another side who would say it can qualify 
for divorce under 1 Corinthians 7, Matthew 19, that it is a separation, that the individual is so destructive. Elders have worked with him. You, you have pleaded with him. He just persists in this sin. In a sense, which is why, got to be careful with this, in a sense, that would be abandonment. And so you, you, you could have grounds on it as an ongoing sort of affair because the individual is likely not just having thoughts. Uh, there are physical issues that are involved with this, and that gets dangerously close to a physical affair. But you need to tread carefully on this. You need to go really slowly on this. It would be very unwise for anybody to say, absolutely, all times, all cases, you catch your husband looking at porn, you've got grounds for divorce. Um, it would be more, I think it would be safer to say, that would be more the exception than the rule. Madam, if this is what you're dealing with, you need your elders. You need them. And with that thought in mind, Two encouragements. Number one, you, you really need to be a member of a local church. Your day will come when you're going to need the body. You're going to need the elders. You might even need it because you're the one looking at porn and you need them to rescue you from your folly. Please become a member of a local church. And number two, elders, please grow in godliness and wisdom. Please, we need you. I, I know you get hit with a battery of, wow, the complexities of life issues grow in godliness. We're, we're trusting you to guide us. And madam, if that is you, I am very, very sorry. Your husband definitely needs to repent. And if that means engaging the elders to bring discipline upon him, oh, that's, that's precisely why Jesus gave us church discipline. And I'm sorry if that's what you're going through. Idea at wretched.org. Jimmy? Uh-huh. Would you uh, would you be one of the definitives ones who said absolutely not or absolutely yes uh, <laughs> regarding porn being grounds for divorce? Yeah, so it's a t it's a dicey situation. I think it depends on the situation. Um, it, you know, it's it. I, I don't yeah, have so an so no, you're not. No, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta go slowly. And and I and I would say this on this subject. I think that we should all acknowledge. It's complex. And furthermore, there's there's private details that we're 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 not having revealed to us. Where's the guy at? It, it, does he even go to church? Is he a believer? Uh, has, has he tried? Is he doing anything? Is he trying to deal with this subject? Is he getting worse? Is he becoming violent? All of those complexities that get engaged. We we should we should recognize that we probably shouldn't be ironclad, definitive, fist banging on the subject. It's complex. Marriage and divorce issues, complex. Mm. Idea at wretched.org. Well, here's another one. Uh, this one is from Teresa. Todd, is it biblical for a Christian to divorce their spouse because the spouse who does want to stay married decides to get a sex change? Wow. And if so, is it okay for them to remarry? Wow. Mm. Well, what a brave new world we inhabit. Have you pondered this? I haven't. Jimmy, has this one ever crossed your radar? No, it has not. I probably should have because of the rush to mutilate your body because you're confused about your gender. We had to know it's going to impact the local church and it's going to impact marriages. 
how do we sort through this brave new issue? Uh, we need to understand what marriage is and when it can be biblically terminated. Well, death would be one of those mechanisms. You can't be married to somebody. You can't be in a covenant with somebody who has departed to go to be with the Lord. I think Matthew 19, we also see that adultery grants us permission and 1 Corinthians 7, departure. That's probably the category that is going to become the most debated. So recognizing we're going to, we'll try to dive into this issue and unpack it more and more, but let's just deal with on the face of it. Does an individual who is experiencing mental confusion about their gender departing? Have have they abandoned the marriage, even if they're still will, willing to live in the same domicile? I, I think that's that's a debate worth having. But on the on the face of it, if we believe that somebody isn't really changing their gender, they're just having what we will call mental illness. On the face of it, I don't think that qualifies. No, I know you hear that, and it's like, what are you saying? You have to stay married to a dude who thinks he's a lady. Well, we gotta, we've got to submit to what the Bible says on the subject, and it does not seem to, to provide an exception for mental illness. If your spouse, let's just say that your spouse suddenly started to believe in, my name is, my name is Larry, but you know their name is Bob, or they have some sort of, we'll use the DSM-5, they experience schizophrenia. Have they departed? You'd go, well, no, they're just struggling. And I think, I think, having pondered this for the first time, so cut me some slack, grant me some grace on this, I, I, I don't think that it does. Now, that is not to suggest you might not need to separate yourself from this individual. There could be some complexities, perhaps some dangers that are involved, or because this is uh, so strange a dynamic, that until the individual gets it sorted, could you, I don't want to use the word separate, but not, but not be in the same domicile? I think the answer is yes. And most likely what will happen is that person most likely will pursue their sin rather than their spouse, and they will likely terminate the marriage. And then I think you're released from that. Uh, <sighs> Pray for your pastor. I suspect there, in fact, sir, if you've dealt with this, please, would love to hear it. Send to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, do you have a definitive this or that? I don't have a definitive this or that. No, I do not. Uh, I, 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 but, I, but I'm leaning toward, I don't think it does qualify. It's mental illness we're dealing with. It's bad. I get it that you can't come together conjugally. I get that. But I, I don't think that strictly understanding adultery or departure, uh, that this would qualify. The, the individual, you could even look at it and go, well, that's my ministry. Because that guy, he needs a lot of help. And the Lord has placed you in that union, perhaps for such a time as that. You got some thoughts? Love to hear it. Idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother 
who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at pre-born centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today and to our ongoing monthly gospel partners. You're the foundation. You're the heartbeat of this mission. You stand firm with us, and it's not just a commitment, but it is a testament to your faith and dedication to spreading the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to millions of people all over the world. And if you haven't yet quite made the leap to joining us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider doing so? No gimmicks, no punchlines, no hard sales here. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just giving you an honest-to-goodness invitation to be part of a mission that is changing lives all over the world. As we stand firm together, unwavering in this purpose, united in this mission, we are able to make a difference for eternity. Wretched.org slash donate is where you can find any answers to any questions you might ever possibly have on what it would look like to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Books of the Bible. Philippians was written by Paul from a Roman prison. It is often called the Epistle of Joy for its encouraging tone. In this letter, Paul encourages the Philippians to live in a manner worthy of the gospel by steadfastness and humility in Christ and cheerful obedience to God, who is working in us to bring about His good pleasure. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Formatically lame, but... Hopefully helpful. This is Wretched Radio. Uh, talk show host rule number, well, let's say three. Number, We all know the talk show host rule number one is... You're never wrong. Exactly. Number three, don't read something lengthy. You, know, you just paraphrase it. Restate it because nobody wants to hear you reading. I'm going to violate that rule because... We've been confronted with a question sent to idea at wretched.org. That is a new one. 
I went to gotquestions.org. They have answered over 700,000 similar questions, theological conundrums, sin issues. It Overall, I find it to be a very helpful resource. I've never gone, oh, that's dumb. I've maybe thought, well, I'd shade that a little. I'm not sure I would be this, that generous on that, but very, 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 not, not even worth mentioning. In, in my estimate, everything I've read, reliable, gotquestions.org. Lo and behold, what should a believer do if his or her spouse chooses to live a transgender lifestyle? It's a really long response. Don't worry, won't torture you with that, but it does inform us right out of the gate. This is a big subject. This is a new one. And it's going to take, I think, the church a little bit, shouldn't take long, but it'll take us a little bit to kind of get our knees (laughs) steadied. Well, what do you do when your spouse was a pink and now wants to be a blue or vice versa? Well, this is a brave new world. So let's dive in to see what God Questions has. They start out by recognizing the devastation that this could cause. Thank you for that. Oh, that we all learn that lesson. Somebody brings to you a conundrum. It's a, it's a difficulty in their life. My propensity is fix it. Go do that. Good to go. Next. Uh, entering in and recognizing how devastated. How would you feel if your spouse said, you know what? I've decided I'm going to be the other gender. How would you feel about your gender? Well, uh, what did I do? What a, am I? What, uh, the, the abandonment. I'm living with a stranger. I, I, okay, go ahead and mock me for this because it's mock worthy, but to a very small degree, I think I can enter in empathetically to a really tiny degree because of a dream that I've had maybe three times in the, in the last 33 years of marriage. I dreamed that Mrs. Friel, now please note, I do not believe that smoking is a clear cut sin. I think it's dumb. I don't think it's a sin. I don't think it's wise. I I don't think it's healthy for you. I can't go as far to say that it's a sin. Nevertheless, about three times in the course of our three decades plus of marriage, Mrs. Friel lights up a heater and I catch her smoking. I'm devastated. It's like, who are you? This isn't what we are. What are you doing? Where's Mrs. Friel? Now imagine your spouse. even if they don't smoke, says, you know what? I'm going to mutilate my body and start wearing clothes that are the opposite of what I was born as. Hoofda. With that good reminder in view, let's jump into gotquestions.org. An issue to consider is Scripture's abandonment clause for divorce. This is 1 Corinthians 7.15. If the unbeliever departs, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. Now, you can read different translations of that, and some would say, depart, let him, let him move out, let him go. Others would say, actually, if you scoot up, I believe to about verse 10 and 11, it's actually just a synonymous term for divorce. They divorce, so be it. So out of the gate, we need to recognize abandonment. It's there in Scripture. But we do need to understand there are different believers that have a different, there's different Bible translators that come to different conclusions. So we need to recognize it's, it, it is already going to be a debatable issue. And I say that because we've got to ask the question, is an individual who presented as, let's just say a boy, and now is presenting like a girl, 
Uh, did they abandon the marriage? That's 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 going to be a category. And we need to recognize out of the chute that because there are already disagreements on how we understand 1 Corinthians 7.15, uh, that it's going to cause some complexities as we sort through it, which means we should have a little bit of patience with one another. Today, Christians interpret the term abandon in several different ways. One, the refusal to be intimate with one's spouse. Two, addiction including pornography, drugs, or alcohol. Three, a serious mental illness. Four, emotional detachment. Now, these are just, I'm not saying that these are affirmed or denied. The refusal to provide financial necessities, continued unrepentant sin, actual physical abandonment in which the spouse leaves the home. Now, there are a number of these I would say, no, but I do need to recognize uh, there are some Christians that would disagree. Such liberal widening of the definition of abandonment serves those who wish God to validate their choice to leave an unhappy marriage. If literal adultery, abandonment, or abuse is not involved, however, the biblical standard doesn't apply. And even abuse gets into choppy waters. We'll continue. The question is, does it apply to someone who chooses to present as a different gender with or without surgery and hormones? That is, I think that's the territory that needs to be explored. Can they be considered a different person? Some in the transgender community believe, yeah, and are offended when someone uses their birth name. It's like, oh, no, I definitely am. Well, that's mental illness. The person, some would say, different Christians would claim, the person has indeed changed since they were married. Now they're the opposite gender. Well, we know they're not. They're just mutilating their bodies. And the marriage is now a same-sex marriage, which the Bible does not recognize. I would actually, for the people who hold that, would say, no, that's not what's going on. All, All they've done is mutilate their body. They are not a different gender. So you're not in a same sex relationship because they can't do, they can't change it. Gender is a matter of biology. The marriage is still between one man and one woman, even if one spouse refuses to accept their status. Okay, so that's the camp that I would find myself in. It gets into the issue of the believing spouse's heart. Uh, How are you dealing with this? How are you responding to this? What's your attitude toward them? Hopefully, the believing spouse will find a godly support system. Definitely. There are three basic responses the believing spouse of a transgender person must choose from. Remain in the home. Stay married. Present. As a married couple, see, that opens up another can of worms. Am I participating in the individual sin? it's, it's, It's now what is an old question. Do you attend a gay marriage? Your presence giving affirmation to? You're now going out with somebody who presents as the same gender? Are you participating in the lie? Do they have kids? Uh, I mean, there's so many layers here. By the way, did you see that girl who said to the female, who's clearly presenting herself more masculinely, she's she's autistic, says the mom, said that she's a lesbian. Uh, It was a cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they arrested her. Came to her house and dragged her out. Mm -hmm. Whoa, you should go look for that footage. That is scary business because you have to believe that the woman 
I don't know if she's a lesbian or not. She just presents in a way that you would could easily come to that conclusion. The autistic girl identified it and said, yeah, yeah, that's what you look like. And she must have gone back and said, I'm offended. And the response was, well, we can't have somebody in the LGBTQ offended. So go arrest the autistic girl. And they did. Can't wait to see how that plays out. Who wins that one? Back to God questions. Stay in the home. Separate legally or informally. Now, I would say that could be very much on the table. Your spouse is doing something that is downright bizarre and to be separated from that, I think, could be an option. Number three would be file for divorce. Our suggestions. These situations are complicated. Support structures, presence of children. You nailed it, Jimmy. The levels of maturity all come to play. Needs a lot of wisdom. One, if the transgender person restricts their expression of transgenderism to private situations at home, the believing spouse should consider staying and seeking counseling. Likewise, if the transgender person withholds sex or emotional warmth, the believer should seek help. But there's not a biblical reason to separate yet. Two, if the transgender spouse decides to dress publicly presenting themselves and the believing spouse decides to stay in hopes of encouraging their partner toward reconciliation, that's a valid choice. If the believing spouse does not have the emotional margin or the spiritual maturity or support system, and if the individual refuses to repent, separation would be in order, not divorce, separation. Number three, if the spouse has gender reassignment surgery, yikes. Believers should bear in mind that no matter the cause, divorce should be a last step. Divorce should never be initiated for the purpose of finding another partner. Four, if the transgender person commits adultery or physically leaves the family, the situation falls under adultery and abandonment clauses and you're free. Five, if the transgender person files for divorce, the believer is released from the marriage. Sorry for reading and violating talk show host rule number three, but hopefully it'll at least start to give us a framework. And might I just suggest, as always, with these new issues, we might have knee-jerk responses, just a little theological humility as we sort this, and we will indeed sort this brave new world. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And we kick things off in the Sunshine State, that would be Florida, where a federal judge has put a halt to the ACLU's rainy day plans because he's denied their request to block a new law that restricts Chinese nationals and others from buying land or homes in Florida. The judge didn't buy what they were selling, saying that the law was indeed facially neutral. And this isn't about vacation homes or anything like that. This is actually about a possible threat from China. The restrictions are on purchasing farm land or land near military bases or other critical infrastructure. In the ACLU, well, as you can imagine, they're appealing. Moving up north to Massachusetts, a Catholic couple has made headlines recently. They're taking on the Department of Children and Family Services because they were denied the opportunity to foster children due to their beliefs on gender, sexuality, and traditional marriage. The couple insists that they would love and accept any child, but they were told they were ineligible because they didn't follow the LGBTQ policies of the state. Now, I'm not a mathematician, not by a long shot. You honestly should have saw me trying to help my sixth grade son with his homework last night. 
Does anyone know what it means for numbers to reflect over the y-axis? <laughs> yeah, me either. Anyway, back to the story. Um, denying foster licenses during a foster home shortage doesn't really add up to me. The lawsuit's continuing, and we're also continuing to monitor it. Now turning to Pakistan, where false blasphemy accusations have increased over the last several years. Just two days ago, Muslim mobs stirred by local mosque leaders set fire to Christian churches, homes, and businesses. Two Christians were falsely accused, and chaos ensued, with the police acting like they'd forgotten their job description. Now, 130 people in the end were arrested, but the slow response left a lot of people questioning the government's will to actually protect re religious minorities, which in Pakistan just means Christians. Be praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over the world and specifically here in Pakistan, because trust me, it is dangerous to be a Christian there. Well, Jen Psaki's in the news. You remember her? Former Biden spokesperson and now in Miss NBC's wordsmith. She recently said Republicans are out of touch in fighting irrelevant culture wars. <laughs> but in the same breath, she seems to be struggling to define what a woman actually is. Can you smell the irony there? She can't. Well, Lizzie Marbach, I don't know if you've heard the name. She's in the news right now. She's been dismissed from the Ohio right to life because she sent a tweet saying Jesus was our only hope. And someone said that tweet was bigoted. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn from death, resurrected that we may have life. And he is the firstborn over all creation, the preeminent son, through whom we are adopted as sons and daughters of God the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Jimmy's marriage questions. I'm picking, buddy. I'm picking. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy? You have control issues, Todd? I, I definitely have control. Marriage stuff and marriage counseling, it is difficult. It is complex. It has profound challenges and all kinds of implications for bad counsel. So please note, anything that I've said about marriage, it was in general. And if you are lit thinking about this subject for a particular reason, be careful when you listen to preaching and teaching on the subject of marriage and divorce and remarriage. You want to be careful, and that is why you want to get the personal counsel of your elders. Because if you just glean from out there, you, like I, will have an inclination to grab the stuff that affirms what we want to do. And that's just, that's just dangerous. Meet with your elders. Talk to them about what is going on. Explain the situation. Let them help you when it comes to the subject of marriage and divorce. And please call one 282 beep so Jimmy can't ask any more questions. Is congratulating homosexual and lesbian couples on their wedding anniversaries when they're your family okay? I wouldn't do that. Then you'd be affirming what is a willful sin. And so you're going to have to find a way around that. I, 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 
I, I, I just don't think, though, that you can go about the business of giving an affirmation to sin. That's precisely what Romans 1 describes. The, the, the degradation of sin, it's always going to be in the sexual tract. It goes down, it goes down, it goes down. And then they give hearty affirmation, and it is not presented as a good thing. We don't want to be doing anything that gives the impression that we're okay with your sin. And I think by congratulating them, celebrating with them, that you'd be doing that with them. Having said that, um, work hard to avoid conflict so that you can stay in the relationship and continue to speak truth to them. Hey, Todd and Jimmy, uh, my stepfather died 30 years ago, and I have a stepbrother from that relationship. And uh, he's 45 years old. He's been in and out of jail since he was 18 years old. Drug problem, alcohol problem. We've all tried to help him and our family. We've given him the gospel. We invited him to church, and our family's just about had enough of trying to help him. I'm about the last one who's held out trying to help him even more. He sounds like he's angry at God, and I just, I'm, I just, won't, I don't want to take the abuse anymore. So I'm just trying to find out at what point is that a point, a decision I have to make, or is there a point where you just say, you know, I've done all I can? Yes, and yes. It, it's it's going to be your decision. I applaud you for staying in the game and for persistently loving. When a relationship becomes dangerous, when it becomes harmful, when the relationship is experiencing that the Christian is being persuaded, moved, compromised by the unbeliever, then that's a relationship that really should be terminated when they have more influence on you than you have on them. I also think that there are some wisdom issues that are involved. Where are you spending your time and your energy? You want to make sure that you're examining your heart as best you can. Getting elder advice on this will always be helpful in that regard. But if if you've done, honestly, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I do believe that you have proverbial permission to, if you will, set them outside of the camp. Uh, Now, I grant you, this is parent and child, but the levels of fools that we see described in Proverbs is a level, the Nabal fool, who just, they will not learn, they will not change, all they're doing is causing trouble. You've done everything, including the rod, to drive the foolishness out of them. The, the, The community is going to be compromised by this kid, And the parents have permission to send that child away. Now, please note, all of those aforementioned categories and criteria need to be considered and checked appropriately. They say, oh, good, I can get rid of the little brat. Hold on, not so fast. A lot of things need to happen before that happens. This is an individual who's dangerous, who's destructive, who's wrecking the family home. I mean, they are making a hash of it. You have permission to set them out for the good of the body, for the good of the family and the good of the community. Now, let's apply that to this situation. I think the principle then would tell us that you then have permission in some circumstances like this one to say, I'm done. Furthermore, this isn't direct. I get it. But we're we're just looking at principles here to apply to a particular scenario that we don't cast pearl before swine. What was Jesus meaning? That's kind of a, whoa, 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 what makes somebody a swine? Well, a swine in the first century was an aggressive, nasty animal. And if they were going to hurt you, 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 you get away from them. So the, the, 
the, I think the commandment is if you're in danger when you're witnessing to somebody, it ain't wrong to skedaddle. Again, a principle that there are times with wisdom, with godly counsel, that we can say, sorry, done. And that that might be the case for you. If you really want to be thorough in, in coming to a conclusion on this, because this is painful, I would encourage you to get elder advice. And finally, I would say this. If you choose to do that, I, I, I would try to sit with this stepbrother and lovingly explain it, why you're doing what you're doing, and let him know the door is wide open for you. If you will please come to your senses, if you will be the prodigal, if you will stop this behavior, you need to know that you always have a place in this family. But right now, because of A, B, C, and X, Y, and Z, I'm afraid um, we won't be seeing each other until you change. And I'm going to be praying like a nobody's business that you do. How do you go about the? Watch this, Jimmy. You're going to be very pleased with me, even though I've... I beep talked you out of the out of the game here. <laughs> How do you know what Bible verses can have a principle that applies to a different context? How do you do that hermeneutical task? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Right now we have a read your Bible better bundle, which includes Herman Who, which by the way, are are the effort to start a church in northern Atlanta suburbs. Uh, we're going to start with hermeneutics for our Bible study in September. Herman who? It's not Greek to me. Drive-by theology, Jesus unmasked, all of the study guides. It's available now for a whiz-bang deal at wretched.org. Jimmy, can you explain why I'm talking like Johnny Carson I, at I this cannot, moment? one 282 <laughs> Hey, Todd, uh, since we're going to be bestowed with another Exorcist movie, I just had a question. If a child is, say, under the age of accountability, are they vulnerable to possession? That's an interesting question. I don't think that the Bible gives a, a level of accountability regarding the devil indwelling a child. So it seems to me it could. I, 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 first of all, I always like to try to think of explicit verses. No, don't have that. Implicit verses. Now, I think, I think about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I think that there is the level of accountability when a child becomes culpable for their sins and can respond in repentance and faith or not. But nothing about the devil. I don't, I don't see any caps. I don't see any limits. I don't, I don't see any. The Holy Spirit indwells those who have repented and put their trust in God's Son. The devil, I don't see those restrictions. So I'd have to conclude, yeah, a little child could indeed be possessed. And please note, it does still happen. I'm pretty skeptical of any exorcism movies because I don't think that's the way you're supposed to go about getting them out, that we have some sort of casting out power. I believe regeneration is always the ticket. So I'm, I'm not a fan of those movies at all, but I don't want to whiplash to the other extreme and say, no, possessions don't happen. They do. Now, they manifest themselves differently. I think we have a tendency to have a kind of a Linda Blair image in our minds. Oh, it's got to look like that. No, it doesn't. It can be more subtle and it can be actually just more pernicious. one 282 
Hi, Todd. Where do we draw the line with Christian music? You know, there's the obvious ones where we don't listen to Hillsong or Bethel, but there seems to be some lines, you know, where some of those songs might be biblical in nature, but the group maybe not so much. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta weigh that like you would with anybody who's teaching. That the the issue at hand is funding, and the issue is affirming. I, I don't want to be paying any ASCAP or BMI to a group that's uh, wonky. Does this group qualify for that? Well, what is wonky? I would say heretical. No, you don't want to be doing that. Well, then how how bad do they need to be? Well, it, it depends on how overt they are with it, how influential they are. Will you be affirming them by singing that song, telling the congregation, yep, we're okay with this particular group because we're singing their music. It needs to be weighed carefully. And I, I, I would ultimately say this, while we do want to be charitable, oh, uh, nevertheless, we want to guard worship. We want to guard it. There should be a fortress around it. We're not going to let anybody participate in this realm because we want to make sure you're sound because worship is a big deal to God. And we want to do it in spirit and in truth. So we don't want to be hypercritical. We want to be as charitable as possible. And yet, understanding what worship is, we should have a pretty high water mark. This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you and it will empower you to help others too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, 
We can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. When we were dead in sin and unrighteousness, God provided the righteousness He requires in Jesus Christ, our substitute. If God has provided for our salvation, how much more is He able to meet our daily needs? This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And you think Ben Shapiro is amazing. <laughs> Watch this. This is Wretched Radio. Very grateful that you call. Leave a message. Jimmy, we got the texting thing going yet? Not yet. They're working on it. They are working on it. All righty, then. Pretty soon we'll have texting. I suspect we might be in for it because <laughs> that's what we do, isn't it? We we text these days. We don't do that antiquated calling. Who has time for such things? Zoinks, Scoob, one eight seven seven two eight two beep That is the number of the old toll free. And perhaps you have been razzled and dazzled by Ben Shapiro, who can segue from something that is so unrelated into some sort of promotion. You think he's amazing? Watch this. I have a friend at my church that I go to that I recently found out he and his family are hoarders. How do I help him? What uh, what scripture can I walk him through or, or address to help him find the root of this hoarding fruit? <clears throat> In Eastern Europe and Africa, <laughs> people don't do much hoarding because they have so little. And it is those very places where people are living below a comfortable line of existence where the Tomorrow Clubs goes with the gospel, bringing good news to the kids with these amazing assemblies. These, I'm telling you, the Tomorrow Clubs. Wow, the fruit that is being born. Encourage you to participate in that. Think Awana, if you will. Kids clubs where people hear the gospel. Kids come, they get loved on, they come to get treats. That's fine, but they get the gospel. They even hear the R word repentance. Why? Because they actually you know, use the law, the gospel, repentance, faith. Kids are getting saved. Families are getting saved. Whole villages are being transformed. If you would please consider partnering with the good folks at the Tomorrow Clubs, you can do that at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. People get saved. Can't guarantee that they won't hoard which is an issue that many Americans experience. And so the question is, how do you confront, huh? Like Come a, on. Like a pro. Come on, man. <laughs> ben Shapiro ain't got nothing on us here. Oh, you got a hoarding friend. There's something going on. There's something going on. You, you should dive into their world and figure out what it is. How do you confront them on this? I would suggest in something like this, think less confrontation and more walking alongside it was last night I was reading John 16. And in my notes, in John 16 and 17, the word helper 
is used, I believe, 20 times. Isn't that fascinating? The Holy Spirit is the helper. So many implications to that. First of all, if you're a wife and you have believed that the world is telling you the truth when it says, oh, being a helper, that's so second class and sexist. The Holy Spirit is our helper. It, it doesn't seem to be a moniker that he does not like or approve of. He's our helper. Second of all, we see God helps us. Yep, he'll disciple us and discipline us, but he's the paraclete. He's the walk-alongsider. He's the one who doesn't just yell at you from the bleachers, enters into the game, puts his arm around you, walks side by side with you. And that really should be the majority approach to when we're dealing with one another. Okay, so this hoarding thing, we're going to have to deal with this. I, I don't, it's not going to be helpful. They, they are struggling. There's something inside. You got to dig down to the heart level that is causing them to feel like they got to have this stuff. And it could be many things. For instance, not trusting God, not believing that he's going to take care of their needs. It could be that this stuff brings comfort, just like a ho-ho can bring comfort to some people. This brings comfort to them. Okay, they've got an idolatry issue. So, Get get into their world. Dive in. Figure, hey, would you explain it to me? I'd love to understand. I'd like to know why it is that you've chosen this particular way of acquiring stuff and, and that you're not willing. I'd like to hear, and you know what that means? It really is great if you do have a relationship because you're going to be getting into their personal stuff. And that is always done better in the context of relationships. So what I'm trying to say is be that fellow's helper and call one 282 Hi, Todd and Dean. I was recently at a wedding where I had some awesome opportunities to talk about the gospel, but I just can't get over the idea that I talked too much and <laughs> slabbed on because I was just really excited for the opportunity. How should I think about conversations that I feel like I fumbled? You didn't. You said exactly what God wanted you to say. How do I know? You said it. And if he didn't want you to say it, you wouldn't have said it. So God approves of your efforts. Now, could you use some improvement in how you do it, how verbose you are? Sure. Of course. Don't feel bad about it, dude. Just don't do that. Now, that's so easy to do. Oh, if I had just told him about the deficiencies in carbon-14 dating and uniformitarianism. I could have taken them to Second Peter and shot. Don't do that. Don't do it. Study. Think about it. Be prepared. And then go love the person, witness to the person, and when you are done, you can learn lessons from it. Oh, but dude, don't, don't, don't feel like you blew it because you didn't. You we're being as faithful as you could be. Now, here's where you would sin. You're not being faithful. You don't speak up or you don't prepare yourself or you don't address. Let's say you're somebody who just has a tendency to talk a lot. Welcome to the South. You might want to consider moving here because you'll fit right in is all I'm saying to you. And work on it. Be mindful of it. One of the greatest, so funny, I've had to learn this regarding humor, that a lot of people... I don't know what a lot means, but there's people out there who don't get it. And 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 my, my inclination for humor has a tendency to probably be more sarcastic. Imagine that. 
and I've and I've had to stop because I've seen firsthand people not receiving it rightly or the way that I've intended. And I've learned increasingly to just put a little tighter filter on it and think about it. And there have been times where I was like, boy, that really would have been a stupid thing to say. That would be a stupid thing to do. So we need to be those who think a lot more before we speak. And if that's an area that you need to work on it, then go to work on it and just continue being faithful. Hello, Mr. 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 Freakishly Tall Frio. We're halfway through this beep talk. <laughs> I appreciate the lovely address. Is speculating or making speculations about things or about people violating the ninth commandment of bearing false witness. Sure could be. Why are you doing it? It's a hard issue. We don't say, well, there's there's never a time where we think about what's going on, what the future, how this person might respond, what they're up to. I want to consider, do I need to be a helper for that person? So we don't want to say, oh, no, no, no. Any sort of speculation is automatically sinful. If it's speculation because hard issues, I want to feel better. You know, I've never really cared for that person or... I'm a bit of an alarmist. I have a propensity to go too far with conspiracy theories. I didn't say that all of them are verboten, but I have a tendency to kind of go for those things. If it's a heart issue, you're sharing it, you're giving details to people that don't need to be involved, Now, then, then you've just gone too far. So the answer to the question is, it's all about the heart. And isn't that the way it is with pretty much everything in Christianity? Mr. 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 Friel, I have a conundrum. I am long past my dating days, happily married, praise the Lord. But I ask this on behalf of many of the students that I disciple and mentor. How does a young Christian, male or female, notify someone else that they are not interested in dating them? How can they let them down easy, so to speak, while still being truthful? Yeah, that's, those, are, those are challenging dynamics. It, it's, it's like telling somebody that you're not going to do something. It's like firing somebody. And who doesn't get the heebie-jeebies from that? So I, I, w- I wouldn't say that that's ever easy. Or that it's simple. In fact, I would say this. The moment that it does become rather cold, perhaps even potentially calculating, that would that would be when I'd be more concerned about my own heart. Like I don't care about the person and I understand that I could harm them, but who cares? I'm not interested in that chick. Uh, that, that, would be a, that would be more of a concern. So I don't know that you can get over those emotional heebie-jeebies. Just be loving. Be biblical explain it. Be Pauline. Start with the good stuff. They're going to feel it coming, but that doesn't mean that we don't do it. You know, the the dreaded breakup, you know, you're a wonderful person and I really enjoy spending time with you, but I'm going to put you in the friend zone. Okay. It's, it's pretty formulaic, but it is a biblical formula to say the good things, uh, to explain your heart. And if you do it, having prayed for yourself, your own heart, praying for that person, this is akin to any sort of conflict, any sort of difference of opinion. It's all about the heart. So if your heart is, I just want to get this over with, well, then you're not ready. Get your heart in the right place. Pray. Read your Bible. Get godly wisdom. Ask other people, how have they done it? Has there been something that's been good or better? 
and pray for that person. Then you will do it the best you can. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.